0: Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Coffee with Casey. Take 30 minutes out of every week and check on the market conditions because things change quick and they're changing as we speak. So we need to stay out in front of it. If you look at sales statistics, I've said for years, sales statistics are for houses that went under contract 30 to 40 days ago. Decisions were made 60 to 80 days ago. So basically, when you see sales statistics, it's on what the momentum was 60, 80, 90 days ago. We can't use that as realtors. We got to know what's happening day by day. We need to know how is each market doing. Now, we have talked before, and I've shown you that there are over, you know, at least over 10,000 markets, and there could be, you know, as much as 13 000 to 14,000 when you take into account all the different condos and, you know, price ranges and all that stuff. So, so let's assume there's, you know, 12 to 15,000 markets that we need to assess. And this weekend was a good tale of two markets. And I'll tell that story in a minute, but, but why why is it important that we get to know, you know, what's happening right now? Because if we overprice a house, we misprice a house, we misinterpret the market, that seller could lose a lot of money if we do it right we make a lot of money so you know um this weekend in reading the market knowing the market we put a house on the market it has 99 showing so 99 people have a realtor that signed up to show that house or to see that house 99 i don't know that i've ever heard that number as big They did have 11 contracts. They did get hundreds of thousands over list price. Can't tell you the exact number for a while, but that seller was really smart. And and this is what I'm telling you people need to do. They need to look at what the home, what the settlements are, what, what do the sales say, but more importantly, you need to go back and look at what was the list price. So I always tell sellers, this is what I'm expecting. But this is what everybody listed at. And the reason I do that is because, you know, <clears throat> let's take the house on, on Cambridge that we sold. So we tested 1.35 million. It's a very unique house. So who knows? So we tested 1.35 million for a full week coming soon, massive marketing. And, you know, it was not getting the love. There was just not enough people in there to generate, uh, competitive, um, competitive bids. Um, there just weren't enough people loving that house. So I went to the sellers I said, we need to drop this to 1.3 million. And, you know, reluctantly they said, you know, if that's your advice, then we'll do it. Now, once we dropped to 1.3, we found that buyer pool. The buyer pool came pouring in. Our contracts went up to $1.5 million. So they in fact were 200,000 over the list price. And, and you know, it's funny. We weren't focused on what the final price, we were focused on what the list price was to make sure that we don't overprice it, that we have a big enough buyer pool and get enough people in the house, and then let them decide what the houses were. And they decided the house on the contracts came in at 1.5 million, two of them. So, you know, that's a, that's a big deal. And, and these sellers this weekend wanted a number and, um, but In order to achieve that number, we needed to get to where everybody was listing at, where the buyer pool was. In fact, not only did they get their number, they got $150,000 over that number. So, you know, I I just want to caution everybody, and I'm about to show you some statistics that are a little shaky um, about the first week in October. And so for that, I'm changing some strategies I'm going to talk about in a tougher market. Okay? So... So let's go to let's go to the market. Let me share my screen with you guys, so you can see uh, a pretty startling statistic. All right. So let me take you here. All right. So this is the coffee with Casey. This is about the changing tide. And again, this is a week by week, month by month, quarter by quarter market. We always need to stay up to date on statistics. So this is going to blow your mind. All right. So we looked at the first seven days in October, okay? So I decided that I was gonna do the success rate of these five markets in the first seven days of October. Now, the success rate is determined by how many homes are on the market and how many actually sold versus how many withdrew unsold. So let's go to the first one, Arlington condos. So I have three segments, smaller market, media market, and large market in each one of these areas. So in McLean, the medium market may be a million to a million three. In Western Loudoun County, the medium market may be 700 to a million. So, you know, so we go small market, medium market, large market. Now, the normal for a normal market would be, and by the way, if you have questions, my phone number is 703-508-2535 you can text me. And if you have a question you want answered online, I'd be happy to do it. I'll try and pick them up if I can. I haven't done it before, but I'll try and pick them up and, and uh, answer your questions. So, so this chart shows in Arlington, the smaller condos, 5.5 houses withdrew unsold and 4.5 sold. So more houses withdrew unsold than sold. You can see as it gets bigger, The Arlington condo market is not good. Now, what is standard? You know, what is our baseline? Really, even in not so good markets, 60% of the houses sell, okay? So in an okay market, 60% of the houses will sell. That is what I would call my baseline, right? So Arlington condos are in deep trouble. More houses are withdrawing than, than selling by a long shot. It's not 60%, it's 29%. So when I'm going to price a condo in Arlington, I've got to be cognizant of the fact that right now, seven out of 10 houses are withdrawing unsold, not selling, withdrawing unsold. This information is going to be shared with the seller. You got to be transparent all the way through. Now, let me, let's talk just one second about this. Why, why do realtors not communicate with sellers? because they think they're delivering bad news. They think the seller's gonna get upset. They think the seller will withdraw the listing. They don't wanna upset the seller. They wanna tell sellers what they wanna hear. Boom, either that or they don't know. Either that or they don't just don't aren't working hard enough to figure out what is this individual market doing? But you have to be transparent. You have to stay on top of it. So if I'm t- talking to Arlington condos, we've gotta be real cognizant that seven out of 10 of these condos are withdrawing unsold. Okay, much harder market. So let's go to McLean. Sixty-seven percent of the homes in their smaller market is selling. Well, that's that's fairly good. That's that's about standard. But look at the homes from million to million three. Seven out of ten houses are withdrawing unsold. There is no excuse for that. And I can tell you that you know a lot of sellers in McLean say, "Well, what are you doing, McLean?" Well. Uh, you know, I don't know, but they're not doing a good job for a lot of this, because if seven out of 10 homes are withdrawing unsold, somebody's doing something wrong. You know, there's not communication going on with the sellers They're those repricing. They're overpricing to start with. So, you know, I'm very skeptical of McLean, where you've got seven out of 10 houses withdrawing. And on the bigger houses, it's it's six out of 10 are withdrawing. So if your home withdraws, you're going to lose money. People see that it was on the market. They saw you couldn't get that number. They know that there's either desperation or something's wrong with the house. If a house doesn't sell, there's something wrong with the house and that is a stigma. And once the stigma is tacked on your house, then you're stuck with it. You know, that's not going anywhere. So let's make sure that, you know, when you talk about, I don't know if I'm expanding this enough. Let me just see something here. Let me try that. Okay, hopefully you can see that a little better. All right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna escape from that because I don't see all the numbers transpired there. So I'm gonna leave it where it is right here. I'm gonna leave it at this. Just one second, guys. Sometimes I hate this thing. Do do. All right. So I've I've lost my cursor. I hate this damn thing all right I'm trying to get it back all right so let's let's take a look at what, what we're looking at here guys this is your chart this is mclean vienna fairfax and loudon county that 60 degree line that white line you see that's 60 percent sold 40 percent unsold there's only three markets in all 15 of these markets we're looking at that achieved a better than 60% return. Sales success rate, okay? Vienna under, I think Vienna did under a million, Vienna under a million, Loudoun County over a million, and McLean under a million. So those are your three markets that are cheap, that, that sold more houses than withdrew, which is, You know, in my book, Remarkable, it's startling to know now that more houses are withdrawing than are selling. Now remember, we, you know, three months ago, you put a house on, you get 18 contracts, sells for a hundred thousand over list price, and away we go. Oh, how the market has turned. So, you know, um, my um, uh, Donnie Sampson, who's capably running Sampson Properties, and I will, Might get in an arguing match over, well, I think the market's good or the market's not good, right? It depends on the market. There's 10,000, 11,000, 12,000 markets. So, and the reason why um, I say it's good is, you know, they say that if you lose your job, if your neighbor loses his job, you're in a recession. If you lose your job, you're in a depression. So, what happens to you has a bigger impact on what you feel the market is doing. In our houses, it's hard to say that the market is regressing. When we had 99 showings, 11 contracts and sales price, hundreds, hundreds of thousands over list price. It's hard to say the market is receding when that happens. But some other markets, you put a house on, you get 20 people in, nobody writes a contract and you're scratching your head. So what I'm gonna talk about today, what I'm gonna talk about today, let me get rid of this screen grab here. What i like to talk about, God damn this thing. When you lose your cursor, man, you're done. All right, there we go. I don't know what it is about that. So so let's talk for a second about plan B, right? So plan A, plan A, pricing strategy. Don't overprice it, okay? Get it in the buyer pool where you can get a lot of people in there. Let them bid it up. Market it during the coming soon period. Get it all due. Do a predictive analysis. Make sure you have enough buyers coming in that you know the house is going to get multiple contracts. You know you're not going to have a home inspection. You know you're not going to have an appraisal inspection. So, you know, that's plan A. Loves the house. Have 99 showings. Get 11 contracts. Pick the best one. Everybody celebrate. Get a bottle of champagne. That's plan A. Plan B. You do all that work during the predictive analysis you're looking at it going i think we ha- we should have enough we should have enough you know enough that i'm not going to move that price i'm not going down with that price it's not selling for one nickel less than i say it's going to sell for in that that one house that we listed so so plan b okay so contract doesn't materialize now what okay well in seven out of 10 houses in McLean, not only are they not materializing, but they're just going on and on and on and on and eventually expiring or withdrawing. Seven out of 10. So let's talk to what happens if you don't get a contract in the first week. What's plan B? Plan B is to double back to everyone that favored the house, everyone that, that looked at the house, everyone that liked the house, everyone that showed the house. You need to gather data. So that, that next week is a data gathering um uh period, right? So we need as much data as we possibly can. We need as much information. We need this is in week one. I mean, I don't mean to push a panic button, but I expect contracts in week one. And when I don't get them, you go to plan B. So so now you are interrogating, information gathering, looking at market, do we misread the price, do redoing pricing models, you know, looking at all of this information now. What happens with the buyers is they'll come in and maybe they don't wanna bid on that house, right? They're like, I like it, but I'm not bidding on it. I'm not going to, you know, 50,000 over this house. I think it's worth what it's worth. And and I'm not interested in getting in a bidding war. Okay, that's fine. We call those the monbacks. all right? They come through, they sit on sideline, they wait. When they see it didn't get into a bidding war, they come on back, we call them the monbacks. Monbacks are coming. Late week one, early week two, then they'll come back. Now, these are people looking at basically what is the list price of the house. And and as long as we can validate that it's definitely worth that number, then we usually get that number on the Monbacks. Okay. I'm talking 15% of our, our inventory is Monbacks. Right. So, so we go back and, you know, they'll come on back and they'll, you know, um, then they'll come back and contract and we'll negotiate somewhere close, if not a little over sometimes, because the Monbach, Monbachs, there might be two or three of them. Two or three of them might come in and both all put in contracts, and they don't want to get into bidding war before, before they know it, they're in a bidding war. Now they want it, They want that house. So so now we need to deal with the Monbachs in year two. But let me just say this. The number one thing you have to do if we go to phase a plan B, do not panic. Don't panic. Still a lot of work to do here, right? So don't panic, don't get upset. Re reanalyze everything. Get as much intel as you possibly can. Work the backs, Try and get the Monbacks to bring in contracts. Get the contracts bidding up. At the same time, I will tell you that I'm not saying I panicked, but I was upset that we didn't get a contract, right? So I'm beating myself up on this, not, not the 99 showings, but I'm on another listing that we had. So then I come up with, okay, I know my buyers are coming in from Arlington, they're in apartments, they're in condos, they're they're moving east to west, they have two kids, they're, in, they're looking for good schools. I know where they are, I know where they're coming from. So then it's like, okay, maybe some people think that it's out of their price range that they can buy a single family attached house in a beautiful neighborhood with great schools across from a pool and and looking at a lake. So then he starts saying, well, if you guys, you know, I almost feel like I gotta make the sandwich for them. It's like, okay guys, here's what you are. You sit in an apartment, I'm gonna make you a sandwich. Okay, and the sandwich sounds something like this. If you make a combined income of $140,000, you can own a single family detached house in this neighborhood and this this school district with this view and this, all the amenities of this. If you, make, if you make $140,000 combined income, well, guess who that's going to? I know the apartments that have people that have combined incomes of over 140,000 bucks. So if you're sitting there, I already know, and you get a card from me that says you can have this beautiful house. If you have a combined income of over $140,000, I've made the sandwich for you, put it on your doorstep and let you look right at it. So, so you know, is that the thing that's gonna bring it? I don't know, but it helps. I mean, we're, we're pulling the ripcord, man. And when you pull the ripcord, you just start going, you go nuclear on the market, right? We have very rarely don't get a contract on the house in the first weekend. I would say that you know 85% of our houses they're fighting over, but that 10% that they're not fighting over, you gotta go to work, right? So some agents will put it on the market it doesn't go before you know it. It's getting stale and it gets stale and then the sellers are angry and it, and you already promised them they could get X amount of dollars and you can't get it. So now you're going back. Seen it, seen that act, sit down with a lot of sellers where communications go flatline and you get nothing back. So it sits and sits and it expires. We well, can't do that. If it's not going to sell in that first weekend, if you're not going to get the results you want, man, you got to go to work. You got to, you got to get busy. So, you know, develop a card. Well, first of all, go to your lender and say, what are the, what's the qualifying income for this house? And then I want to talk about something in one second. So what's the qualifying income in this house? Okay. 140,000 bucks. If There's 20% down uh, $185,000 if they put down 5%, right? So the best way to do is put up 20% down. And, and again, I've had um, um, coffee with Casey about this before. Your parents have money sitting in the bank. It'll be an inheritance someday. They're getting 1% or 2% of their money. I doubt they're even getting that. Borrow that money for your down payment. They've invested hundreds of thousands of dollars in your education. They're, you've got their grandkids. They want their grandkids living in a house. If they live in the area that you're moving to, trust me, they'll put up down payment money if, if they can for you to live in their town. I'll tell you why I know that. Because most of the houses I sell, the people's kids are gone. They got married. They have kids. They're in Denver, Colorado, and the parents say, "I'm gonna go move uh, closer to my grandkids. I want to live close to my grandkids." It's a huge incentive to try and get them to move into the town that you live, that the the parents live. So, you know, don't for a second think that um, mom and dad um, most have the means in this area have the means, and it's a business deal. It's a business deal. You lend me 20% down payment, and I will pay you 1%, uh, 2%. Whatever you get in the bank, I'll, I'll write a check for that, um, or shared equity, or you can do any one of a number of things. But I'm just saying a partnership between the parents and the kids, either the wife's or the one spouse's parents or the other spouse's parents, um, a lot of times you'll find they do have the means, so and they do want those grandbabies. They want them in the neighborhood, right? They want them to stick around. So, so when I say we make a sandwich, we make the sandwich and say, all you need to do to qualify here is $140,000 and you could live in a single family detached house in a great neighborhood with a great school district, da 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 da, and send it to a thousand, I think we have 1,100 people that qualify in Arlington. There's 1,200 people that qualify in Tyson's. And we know which apartment buildings they're in because we know which ones have that kind of income qualification. So we're blasting this out to one subdivision. Because we're still working on the Monbacks, right? But if the Monbacks don't pan out and the Arlington people don't pan out, I'm going to Tyson's corner. I'm gonna throw up a thousand bucks at those people to try and get them to bite on this as well. So, so you know, I, I coach football and we tell we tell the players you gotta you gotta run, you gotta tackle, you gotta block, you gotta hit like your hair's on fire. You can't, this is not a, it's a contact sport. And real estate is a contact sport. You can't sit and wait, you've got to move and you've got to have plan B and plan C and plan D. If this doesn't work, we do this. If this doesn't work, we do that, right? So the plan B is work on the Monbachs, work on everybody that's looked at it, blah, 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 blah. Plan C is after 30 days, we see no contracts on the horizon. We need to new, move to the next pricing threshold, which is not ten thousand, it's not fifteen thousand. In many cases, it's fifty thousand. So, you know, you move to a new pricing threshold, you start all over again, you do the whole new marketing deal, a whole new predictive analysis, and and see if that that buyer pool is there. But I will tell you that getting to thirty days or having your home withdrawn is extremely damaging. It is a stigma in a market like this. People are, that see houses go fast, Um, you know, they're looking around, going, "Something's wrong with that house. I don't want that house." So we can't have that, right? We can't have that. So we need to. We sell real estate like we coach football. With like our hair is on fire. Everybody's got a, you know, we got a problem. So, anyways. This is not for the sellers. The sellers are supposed to not panic, just relax, be patient. We're the ones with our hairs on fire. We're the ones that it's unacceptable to have a house go beyond one week. Okay. So, so we got to figure out what went wrong. We need to take our corrective action. Now let's, let's flip it over here. Let's flip it over to buyers. Right. So the reason why a lot of buyers are out of the market is not because they bought the house they wanted. They bought it because they have what's called buyer fatigue. I missed out on six houses. I mean, come on, man. There was 99 people came out for that house in Vienna. 11 of them put in contracts. And and, and get this, not one contract was at or below list price. They were all over list price, all of them. So, So in some markets, You're right, it's a little tougher, right? To be the buyer. But in other markets, if you make $140,000, you need to get out and look for some houses. If you're looking for a million to a million three, right? You're looking in areas where those houses are sitting on the market. If I have a buyer, so let's just take some numbers, okay? Let's say a house is is worth, um, we can probably comp it out at a million two, but it really should be listed at a million one. And it may sell for 1.2 if we list it for a million one. Okay. Some people say, I want a million two five. And the realtor goes, okay, that sounds like a good number. That's what my computer says. One, two, five. Let's go. Let's do it. Nothing. Crickets. Gone. Sitting. Expired. Withdrawn. Okay. That's fine. If I'm a buyer. I'm looking at that house. It's worth 1.15 million. I can prove it. I can absolutely prove it. So our buyers, we're settling on a house Either today or tomorrow, that was listed at one point. Well, I can't give numbers yet, but we bought that house at 200000 dollars less than the asking price. And the reason we did it was when I went, when I approached the realtor and I said, My client likes this house, man. How'd you guys price this? You know, where did this price come from? So, well, that's what the seller wants. They're retiring and they need that money. They want that money. It's like I do you know rule of real estate. We don't care what you want. It's only cares what it's worth. So we put a contract together and we said, look, this is what it's worth. I mean, I don't know where you got that number, but this is actually what it's worth. Okay. And we negotiate the contract and buyers get the house. It's 200,000 less than the sellers, you know, originally wanted for this house. But once you prove the value of a home, once you, I tell my son, I said, Kev, the only words i can i can leave you after i die is you need to know value you need to be able to determine what things are worth if they say house worth uh, 1.1 1.5 and i say the house worth 1.3 we're getting that house for 1.3 because we prove it four different ways why is it worth 1.3 million you know so Anyways, that's that's uh, oh, um, let me just look here real quick. Michelle said someone asked, "Can you define the success rate again?" Yes, I will. Let's say in Arlington, you, you know, I take a price range, a million to a million one, a million three, and I said, "How many houses sold four? How many houses withdrew Six, The success rate is forty percent. So forty percent of the houses sold or I'm sorry, let me, st- let me stop, let me stop. 40% of the houses went under contract. So last week, 40% of the houses went under contract, 60% of the houses went through unsold. I hope that makes sense. So I'm, I'm really interested in how many people wrote contracts this weekend. So I have four houses, one under contract, six houses went through unsold. To me, that's a 40% success rate. Because it's a 60% withdrawal rate. So, so I hope that helps. And, and you know we look at a couple things when I'm determining markets. I want to know what the current success rate is. And I want to know what the ratio is of listings under contract and active. So let me explain that one. If 60% of the houses are under contract and um, 40% are active, okay? Then you have a 60%... Um, Uh, under contract rate. Okay. Which is a seller's market. That tells me we're pretty much in a seller's market. Now that speaks to the last 45 days, but the contracts, how many were written this weekend and how many withdrew that's, that's this week. So, so two things, the success rate is how many withdrew versus how many went under contract. And, um, you know, the other rate I look at is how many houses if i'm going out to buy a house how many houses are under contract versus active right so if 10 houses are on the market four are active six are under contract that's a 60% right so i'm looking for markets where that the seller rate is over you know 60 60 70% that's a good sellers market right so when you're working as a buyer or you're working as a, whether you're working as a buyer or just one sec, whether you're working as a buyer or a seller, you need to know, right? the Most current information you can, you need to know how many how homes are under contract and, and the price you're selling or buying. And you really need to know if you're selling, you really need to know what was the list price everybody asked. Because if Casey Sampson asked 1.35, he wasn't getting 1.5. I had to go all the way down to 1.3. Then I got all the buyers to get to the 1.5. So in a market like this, which is crazy as hell, I got no, you know, look, 200,000 over list price, 99 people looking at a house, 11 contracts coming in. That's crazy, man. I mean, so, you know, is the market good or bad? Well, for one seller, it's incredible. For another seller, it's gosh darn it, where is everybody? Can't trade every, there's, there's 11,000, 12,000, 13,000 markets. The only mistake you can make in a market right now is, is overpriced. My only concern is not overpricing a house. That's my only concern, right? So, and sometimes with this house, you know, I'm digging in. There's no way that damn house is selling for one cent less than that. I'm a, I'll go find a buyer. I'll make the sandwich. I'll put all the numbers together. I'll send it to a thousand renters in Arlington that I know qualify for this house. I'll send it to a thousand people in Tyson's corner. I don't care what it costs. I'm gonna send a thousand dollars to each one of them and I'm gonna get them to come in here and and buy this damn house. And we're not taking a a dollar less because that's what it's worth, all right? So, So that's kind of a look, 30 minute look at what the current market conditions are, where we are, where we stand, what the strategies are, um again i I hope i've covered a lot of stuff i know i kind of recover because people don't see they don't stay for the whole show and they don't you know listen to it every week so i just try and make sure that everybody's up to speed on where we are my name is casey sampson this is coffee with casey we do it every thursday at 11 o'clock i spent 30 minutes getting our arms around the market coming up with strategies they are changing there's a lot of plan b's there's a lot of plan c's And if you don't have a plan B or a plan C, then plan D is it's withdrawn or expired, unsold, and you are tagged as as a house that something's wrong with it. So you can't have that. All right. So you can reach me at 703 508 2535. My name is Casey Sampson. And I'll tell you what, I'm going to just take one second here and and go over a chart that went out to everybody in Vienna. And the chart, had two phone calls. I was like, can you explain this chart? It's like, yeah, I'll explain that chart. The chart shows for the first three quarters of the year, our team had $52.5 million worth of sales in VM, which is off the charts for us, for anybody. The next closest top producer was at 12. So it was top producer from this company. That was top producer from Weichert, top producer from Long and Foster. So you could see all the agents and and I don't put agents name on out. I I think that's bad form, but I do put their company. So this is, this is the top Vienna agent from Long and Foster. And here's another one, top producer from Long and Foster or from Weichert or whatever. So it shows that, you know, we had settled. Okay. We either were the buyer agent or the seller agent of 52.5 million. And the next closest was twelve. I know it's a very dramatic chart, and people are going, what the heck does this mean? Well, that's what that means. It's been a good year, but I will tell you this. The pricing strategy, the marketing plan, the predictive analysis, the plan B if something goes wrong, those are all critical to making that number where it is, okay? You know, Billy's a football coach with me. We don't like to lose. We like to win, and we're going to do whatever it takes to win. So my name is Casey Sampson. You've been listening to Coffee with Casey. 703 508 2535, or you can reach me at Casey at CaseySampson.com. We'll see everybody next week. Bye. And I hate this, this thing when I can't, uh, I have no cursor.